Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. In half an hour, we'll have the Eskimos coaches show. Jason Moss will be dropping in. Morley Scott will host. The Eskimos are 7-2. and two. We, uh, we ran out of time there, Morley, Dave, and I. We uh, didn't get to our grades for the coaches. I'm going to give the coaching staff a strong B. Both Dave and Morley give A's. Uh, I rarely give coaches A's just because I, 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 when I was working in, in Lloyd Minster, uh, the late Phil Allen, who passed away a couple of years ago, great basketball coach, he was at Lakeland College, and one day he said to me, you know, I want to protect these kids. This was off mic, not an interview. He said, I got to protect these kids. So if you're ever not sure what happened in the game, just just blame me, and I'll take it, and we can talk about it later. So, so that's why I never give coaches an A. Uh, this portion of the show, <laughs> I'm sure... I'm sure all you coaches out there loved it. Love to hear that. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. So Eskimos at Calgary Monday, 11.30 a.m. for the countdown to kickoff, and uh, the game will start at 1. We'll preview the game more as we move along. Hey, I'm pleased to be joined in studio by Alex Stita, uh, proud Edmontonian, former pro cyclist. He's got uh, some great stories from his career, and we're also going to preview the uh, Tour of Alberta, which is uh, starting. Is it already? on Friday it starts yes it is wow it's coming around uh, coming around quick Alec first of all great to meet you because I know uh, as a as a kid I remember seeing shots of you I'd stay up and watch you know Chris Cuthbert or Gord Miller do the news on uh, the late sports on, on CBC and there's a lot more to you than this but a lot of times the conversation starts with you first North American to wear the yellow jersey at the Tour de France. I don't know if you ever get tired of talking about that, but that's a pretty cool distinction. Well, it is. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, Reid. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and it's a great distinction. It's, it's uh, it, you know, it certainly uh, differentiates me from all the other ex-professionals out there who are wandering around wondering what to do with their lives, I guess. But uh, I really enjoyed uh, talking about, about the bike race, about the Tour de France, um, and just about cycling in general. I uh, really like sharing uh, my passion for the sport. All right. Uh, now, th- that tour, was that how many times did you do the tour? I did the Tour de France just once. Uh, one, yeah. and how, uh, what stage in the race did you have the lead? It was the first road stage after the prologue. So there's okay. a four kilometer, and that year was a four kilometer test. And I did really well. I was 16th out of 200 guys, oh. mostly because of my track cycling background, uh, which I, I, and incidentally, I only started bike racing in 1977. Think about that. In 1986, I'm racing in the toughest race in the world. It took nine years. 
you know that's pretty good uh, you know and i was you know i went to the junior worlds in 79 buenos aires argentina was my first road trip which was pretty you know unreal <laughs> um and then i went to belgium on my own in 1981 for two months just living you know in a cold water flat literally i had no idea what a cold water flat was and i found out <laughs> yeah no shower yeah etc um and then um yeah then the olympics came around uh and you know it was time to train and, and i realized that because of my hockey background growing up in Vancouver, I was better suited to race the short distance track races. Oh. So that's why I ended up going for the track events at the Olympics in 1984, represented Canada, which is really amazing, uh, in Los Angeles. And then after that, turned pro. So I, you know, I'd really been focused on these short distance track events up until 1984, 85, and now 86, I'm racing Tour de France. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a transition. Was, did, did your training change? Did your mindset have to change? Like your focus must have to change, if nothing else. Yeah, you really had to change the way you approached training. I mean, as you're still pedaling, you know, and all the things, but you're, it's, a, it's a totally different environment. Track cycling is very short and intense efforts, uh, maybe between two, two minutes and, and you know, four-minute efforts uh, for training. Uh, and uh, road cycling, you know, I mean, you're out on the road for six hours you know and you might be doing 20 minute intervals to mm -hmm. try to improve your endurance uh, but you're not worried so much about the sprint effort that you would do from track but the best part is because of my track cycling background that speed in my legs always stayed with me as a road cyclist oh, okay. so at the end of a road stage i always had a good what they call a turn of speed and i was able to win a sprint at the end of a road stage all right where'd you wind up finishing in that tour do you remember yeah i, I was 136th i believe okay. somewhere around there i wasn't last <laughs> well you uh, finished right yeah Which is, it, <laughs> but it's funny you know we, we talk about as as uh, as pro bikers we talk about being on the results page there's, there's usually two pages of results okay and once you fall off the first page of results then you're on the second page obviously and then it's a race to the bottom and it's you, you, some of the guys are trying to race to see who could finish last in the tour de france that year you're kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. No, it's <laughs> just to be the like yeah. Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL draft. Yeah, know, no, well, actually, they, they actually, there's a, you know, a bit of a prize <laughs> given to the last rider and, and whatnot. And so there's guys trying to lose time. And it, it, it's, oh, it's, my goodness. it's not too serious, but it, you know, it becomes kind of a, a fun way to try to keep going in the race. Yeah. When, when you, how old were you when you stopped racing competitively, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, 32. So, all right. So, I mean, that's the thing. You were getting old for a cyclist, and then uh, you had a lot of life in, in front of you. What, what was the Trans I, I love asking this question because I find I get some really interesting, sometimes even emotional responses. What was the transition like to you from that competitive athletic world to, I guess, the, the real world, if you yeah. want to call it that? Yeah, you know, I, I really did not have it planned out, honestly. It was uh, it just, uh, it, things just happened uh, by happen chance. And um, fortunately, you know, in, in, you know, looking back in retrospect, I was very fortunate. The, uh, the sponsor I was racing for was a bicycle company out of Bellingham, Washington called Soft Ride. And they recognized my ability to, to be a, a sales leader uh, and they said why don't you come and work for us move from Vancouver down to Bellingham cross the border mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and 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 be our sales director 
And I had no idea what that meant. Okay. Honestly, I just love going to bike shops and talking about <laughs> this bike, this new bike that I was riding, uh, and they loved that. So um, that was the start of my sales career, and uh, and and started in the bike industry and, and did that for five years. Okay. And you've been in Edmonton now for twenty years. Mm-hmm. So, yep. uh, well, yep. that's awesome. You're proud Edmontonian now. So Absolutely. Uh, moved back here for family reasons. Uh, great, great place to raise our kids. Our, my my son went through the minor hockey program with White Midwest and Northwest Zone, and uh, right up through midget and I help coach uh, on and off the bench depending on uh, time we, and actually in Wee one we had Craig McTavish as our head coach was this uh, was, strike was the lockout lockout slash strike whatever okay, it was yeah. whatever okay. it was yeah. okay and we didn't know if he was going to be the coach for a month two months or the whole <laughs> season right because no one knew if they're going to go back to work <laughs> or not by Christmas it became apparent he was going to be our coach for the whole season so we had Keegan Lowe and uh, um, uh, Sean McTavish right. and my, my son, AJ Stita, on the team. And uh, we, uh, we actually did really, really well. And I, I always remember days, speaking of coaches, I would give Mac T an A, okay? <laughs> and I don't give out that many A's to coaches either. But you know what? When he was in the dressing room with those boys, they're Pee Wee 1, yeah. I guess 12 years old or so, there was never any yelling. I never heard one time when he raised his voice. And if he if the boys couldn't hear him, or if they were they were talking behind him, he just stopped talking, and waited for them to pay attention. Yeah. And during practice, same thing. He blew the whistle. Boys came around. If guy one guy kept shooting the puck, he just waited. All right, you got you want to waste your time? Yeah. I I can stand here all day, he said, and it, it, it got the guy's attention. It was it was really really impressive. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And that, I've always I always say that that's a big myth that coaches go in there and kick garbage cans and yep. knock over pop machines. Maybe maybe once a year some guys will do it for for effect. Alex Steed is joining us in studio. Uh, former pro cyclist. Uh, we're teeing up the Tour of Alberta, which I want to get to. I, I, I before before we do that though, Alex, I'm going to throw you this question. And I almost hate to do it this generally, but I think you're astute enough talking about the sport. You can probably give me the Coles notes answer and as as you know when a lot of people casual fans casual sports fans hear cycling they think of lance armstrong and then they think of doping and then they think of a of a dirty sport (laughs) but what can you tell us about the state of cycling because certainly there's got to be more to it than that well, there certainly is, and, and and it's a great question. I don't want to avoid it. Um, it's 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 a tough situation the sport has been in for the last twenty odd years, and uh, you know when when Lance was was doping and winning his Tour de France, we, you know no one really wanted you know we couldn't believe it because it was just happening so regularly and so so uh, systematically. Um, you know, we, we those of us inside the sport knew something was up, but we couldn't prove it. No one could prove it, so we weren't really saying anything. And you know, Greg LeMond was saying a few words because I raced against him and. He was sort of really being skeptical and, mm-hmm. and speaking out, but couldn't be proven. Um, and of course, when you know everything came out, um, then it became obvious. Then yes, you know he had cheated, and all these bad things happened. But all the other guys were doing stuff too to try to keep up, and it just became this arms race mm-hmm. with all the with the different doping products. Fortunately, the the international cycling body, the UCI, has taken some very rigorous steps uh, over the last, I'd say, good ten plus years mm-hmm. uh, that have really raised the level of, of doping control or drug control so that the guys really, if, they get, if they're going to take something, they're going to get caught at some point or another. In fact, you know, the drug controls that cycling does to their professional athletes is probably a hundred times more than any other sport. 
and there really isn't a strong cyclist, cycling um, riders union, if you will, okay. players union, right. like there is in other pro sports. Sure. So they don't really get a chance to get together and say, no, this isn't fair. This isn't. This is you know against our um, you know against our rights to be tr- treated unfairly. We you know get woken up at two in the morning for a job a blood test and a and a, and a pee test, right? Um, if if that were to happen in, in a, a, other pro sports, the, the 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 players union would revolt, right? And it's not written into the CBA, so you can't do it. And so it's, it's a bit of a different situation in cycling, but they've realized they've had to do all these controls in order to illustrate to people that, you know, they're, 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 they've, they've got the problem under control. That said, there are still guys who are trying to cheat. Sure. Because it's a damn hard sport. It's hard. And if, if there's a temptation for someone to, to take a shortcut, some guys will. That's just human nature, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but those guys are getting caught. So uh, I, I think, you know, it's, uh, I, I would say the, the Peloton, the group of riders racing down the road is 90, 95% clean. Okay. Yep. Alex Steed is in studio. We're going to talk about a damn hard race coming up right through Alberta, the Tour of Alberta, when we get back inside sports on 630 Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Mark Letestu, one of the Oilers skating at the Perry Pern Hockey Camp at the uh, KFC Twin Arenas on the north side. Matthew Benning out there, Chris Russell as well, who was on the show earlier. More on Russell on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's 719. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Alex Stita joining us in studio. We were talking about uh, his 1986 Tour de France, his pro cycling career, his, uh, his transition into the real world, as we only well, only half-jokingly called it, because I don't know if being a pro athlete in, in anything is, is reality necessarily. Yeah, <laughs> you're living in a bubble. Let's be, you're living, let's you're be honest. In a bubble. You're living in a bubble. Well, uh, the, the Tour of Alberta is going to start uh, September 1st, so that's Friday. Uh, out uh, Jasper area, we got a Spruce Grove road race on Saturday. Uh, uh, then two routes in Edmonton, kind of one they're calling a U of A route, and then a, a, a city center route uh, to close it off on, I guess, on Labor Day, on Labor Day Monday. Um, give me your thoughts, Alex, on the challenges the riders will face here through these different stages. Sure, absolutely. I mean, the weather plays a big part, and in the past years of Tour of Alberta, we've had some really bad weather situations, rain, cold. Uh, this year, the weather looks to be really, really good. You know, plus or minus 20 degrees, sun, no rain. Um, so, I, I think we're, we're in for a, a great four days of racing plus a great four days of spectator watching because the weather's so good mm-hmm. it's easy to come out and watch because you have to sort of stand it's free to come out but you have to stand outside to watch it sure. right so the first stage the uh, delta airlines uh stage one in jasper actually starts in jasper and does does three circuits out by athabasca falls and then the finish is up on the marmot basin climb oh wow okay so 11 kilometers up the finish so you're really testing the, the guys after 150k they got to go the last 11 up. Right. And that's going to be very important for the riders for the overall lead of the race because there will be a lot of time gaps between riders going up a finishing climb like that. So that race is going to be critical for teams that are coming to race for the overall championship. Okay. Not necessarily come because some teams come here just to try to win individual stages and they don't have to worry about, about maybe finishing up, uh, up in the front on the climb. 
The second stage, also sponsored by Delta Airlines, starts and finishes in Spruce Grove. Okay, does one large lap in the north in the county north of Spruce Grove, and then comes back into Spruce Grove, Spruce Grove for three short finishing three-kilometer circuits. Well, so that'd be great for spectators there. Right. Yeah. So we've designed the course a to give the riders their distance, but b have the circuits at the finish, so spectators who are there get to see the riders three times before the sprint finish. Nice. Okay. Right. So that's uh, on Saturday, September second, sponsored by Delta Airlines. Uh, stage three is Sunday, September 3rd, which is the Delta Hotels Kananaskis Lodge. Not to be confused with Delta Airlines, separate business, separate company, Delta Hotels Kananaskis Lodge. Um, And uh, Ryan Pomeroy and his group have purchased the Kananaskis Lodge in in Kananaskis, so uh, they're keeping the Delta name, so that's that's why the the, the name is dual there. Um, And it starts in uh, in the uh, uh, just just, uh, to the west of U of of A, in one of the communities there. And it will then do 11 laps of of a circuit where the riders go down Groat Road, across the river, up Groat Road to 111th Avenue, do a U-turn, come back down Groat Road, up Groat Road, back into the community, and do that 11 times. Okay. Okay. So there's some climbing there. Obviously. So there's some climbing, but not super steep climbs. But it'll be enough to you know to take you know make the guys a little tired. Um, but it's great for spectators because if you stand in one pot in one spot and they do 11 laps of an out and back circuit, you can see the riders 22 times. Oh, good point. Yeah. But the best thing to do is be at the start area, watch the start, and then go out on the course, walk or ride your bike along the course to watch the guys go up and down the hills at different parts, and then come back to the finish in time to watch the last few laps and watch them there. Okay. So all the start times, finish times are all at touralberta.ca. Okay. Okay. Really important. That's where everyone can go to get all the information. So uh, Monday, September 4th is the Ellis Dawn final stage in Churchill Square, start and finish in Churchill Square. And the race goes on a closed city circuit up and down the River Valley. Um, it uses Victoria Hill and the Grote Road Hill and Bellamy Hill. Uh, it's a really fun course. Again, go to the start, watch the start, and then wander around the course with your bicycle is probably the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, use some of the new bike lanes and <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, access parts of the race to see the riders go by in different places. Yeah, Alex, I'm sorry, I wish we had a little more time. We've got a couple, two and a half minutes left. I got a couple for you here. Um, what has been the key to this race making it to year five? Because sometimes things like this start up, you know, where Edmonton is a, is a hockey community. Well, yep. How has it been able to make it? Well, uh, it's it's been a challenge. Honestly, it has been. I mean, uh, we get we get about 30 million viewers uh, around the world watching this race on TV. But we can't get a national TV broadcaster in Canada to cover the race. Right. Really frustrating. Now, fortunately, this year, uh, the Chorus Network will, sh- will, will be broadcasting the event live on, uh, via web, on the website, on the Chorus website. Mm-hmm. I'll be doing the color commentary, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, without sponsors like ATB, ATB has become the prime sponsor of the event. And without ATB stepping up, to be the prime sponsor, I don't think we would have been able to handle have the race uh, last year or this year. So, you know, chapeau, as we say, hats off to ATB, uh, ATB Financial, for, uh, for, uh, for really uh, becoming part of the race. And they've embraced cycling as part of their culture inside uh, ATB. 
So everywhere you go, people wearing the ATB cycling clothing, and every, every wherever they're going to do fitness things, they're wearing the ATB cycling clothing. Uh, it really has uh, made an impact on their on their company culture. Well, it's. Uh it's great this is here, uh, certainly in Edmonton, an area we're lucky, you know, basically three of the stages, right? In the, two in Edmonton, right, right in Spruce Grove, so a long weekend for people to, to check it out. Reed, these are the best pros in the world. Well, and that's what I was just going to say. I mean, you're going to see you top-caliber athletes being tested, endurance You, you day can come day. and watch them for free. You can see them at the start warming up beside their trailers, beside their trucks. Um, you know, ask for a water bottle. And maybe they'll give you one. Right. Maybe they'll sign it. You, but you can go right up to the players and talk to them. Could you do that at a CFL game? It'd be tough. Right? It'd be tough. Really tough. You have to have special access, right? Here you don't need to do that. But it's really, really a un- unique opportunity. Alex, thanks for coming in. I hope we can do this again soon, okay? All right. Alex Steed at tourofalberta.ca for all the uh, route maps and start times. And uh, just some breaking news here. We were talking about Art Bryles off the top of the show, apparently now already... Uh, let go by the Hamilton Tiger Cats, so they quickly changed their mind about that hire. Morley's up next with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. Thanks for listening to Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.